Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share, she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation Point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health, the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines, the wise woman way. The newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Needs, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Hi, Susan. How are you doing this evening? Well, I am coping. Oh. I am coping. A couple of weeks ago, it seemed like 
the heat at the apprentice house wasn't working properly. So I called, my, actually Michael called, and had the people who take care of it come out, and a young technician came out and spent some time there, and at the end of it said, nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong at all. Mm. And we said, well, you know, come over here. It's like colder over here. He says, well, yeah, it's colder on this side. Well, come here. It's like, it's colder here. Yeah, well, you know, it's back of the house, so it's colder there. But there's nothing wrong with the system. Everything is fine. Well, guess what? Mm. Tell me it's not the pipe. It is all frozen and broken. Oh. Oh, it is no. a mess and a half. Oh, the metal pad. Oh, the nettle patch, right? Like the professional people came in today and they said, okay, so we're going to cut the walls up to two feet above the <gasps> floor, you know, so no. it's up, and, I'm, and I'm like looking at it, you know, and actually I realized, Sarah Ellen, they can't tell the difference between what just happened and what's been happening ever since that house was built. Wow. Because that house is in a swamp, isn't it? It is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's unlike a little hump of earth that they humped up there in a swamp. Right. And it, yeah. It's and before I had that pond dug, it was really a swamp. Wow. So. Wow. So I'm, you know, doing my best to negotiate and navigate with these people who are trying to bring something back that wasn't ever there in the first place. I so hear you, Susan. Oh, wow. And so that's one level of it. Now, the other level of it is the really aggravating me as a woman. And, mm-hmm. you know, Michael is there. They're talking to him, and I don't even exist. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And that doesn't cut it with me. Might not be the right had, people for the job then. Oh, did, you know, this is, it's everybody. So I, you know, I said to the estimator, oh. I said, you're not making eye contact with me. You're not talking to me. I waited like, you know, three minutes into what he was, you know, talking about. I said, and I just want you to know, I'm the boss. I'm the one who's going to be writing the check. He said, oh. you. Yeah. Yeah. Over here. <laughs> Hi. So, you know, and at the very least, you know, there's two people standing there. Address them both. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't wow. need, so you know, for him to find out up front who's going to be paying. But, for the, uh, you know, just to work with that level of assumption is irritating. Oh, absolutely. And I don't, and I don't think oh, that. That finding another a place, another service place would really change that attitude. Mm. Uh, wow. That's a patriarch. That's a patriarchal attitude, and that's an attitude that has really been nourished a lot by social forces over the past four or five years, and especially over the past decade by people who have been eroding 
women's mm. rights, respect for women. Well, it sounds like this man has stepped into your life and you have stepped into his for good reason. So I hope you remind it's, him that the patriarchal society from Jamaica. is not He's from Jamaica, work. so we found a common denominator in the goats. Blessed be. <laughs> Blessed it's be. Always good to start <laughs> and we've and left laughing about goat antics, having a good time with each other, but... And there's, you know, just the, the levels of distress that are going. Meanwhile, the lemon tree is flowering. Wow. Right? The lemon tree flowers twice that. a year. It flowers once in the wintertime. And it just scents the whole room where it is with this incredible scent. And, you know, I've been messing around with coconut oil. And partly uh, because Kumba made makes these great coconut oil things and I find that the sense of what she makes last and last and last it's just amazing it lasts so much longer than it does in oil mm. and so I said to myself hmm what if I put the lemon blossoms that have fallen into coconut oil oh, 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 oh. it's wow. it smells like lemon blossoms but with a kind of citrusy overtone. It's so wonderful. Wow. That's so remarkable that you're just taking advantage of the bounty that's literally falling on the floors of your cozy home around you. I love it. (laughs) Literally falling on the floors. And meanwhile, you and I are working, 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 and what a great crew we have gathered to do presentations for the the Comfrey Conference and how... Big, the Comfrey Forum is growing out there at Facebook with everybody chipping in. And I don't know about you, but people are now writing me and emailing me with their Comfrey stories. Are people now regaling you with Comfrey stories? I have been getting more. Yes, it's amazing. I don't want to, like, you know, measure it by the week. But at this point, by the day, yes, it's changing every day how many um, different things I'm getting to come into the inbox. It's so beautiful. And Speaking of things arriving, I just want to tell you that, wow, what a beautiful treat in the middle of winter. The flowers that arrived at my home with the card from you are just so treasured, Susan. Oh, my goodness. I just want to thank you and let everyone that's listening know that I received the most beautiful basket of flowers and plants from Susan today, and it was such a treasure receiving them and all the colors and the beautiful smells in the middle of winter, the minus degrees. So thank you so much. Felt very comforted you and reminded. Are... Yeah. You're so welcome. I was talking to Justine. I said, Justine, I'm working Sarah Ellen very, very hard, and I'm being very exacting. Would you please send her flowers from me? Oh. She deserves them. She's doing such I... great work. I opened my heart to accept them fully, and at the same time, I just, they were so beautiful. It felt beyond what I even deserved. They're so lovely, Susan. Thank you so much. She said, hey, I'm not just going to send her flowers. I'm going to send her things she can plant. I'm like, well, of course, because she's Justine. Yes. (laughs) She really knows how to do it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Just such you and Justine. Blessings beyond. Thank you so much. 
You know, I was also thinking this week about how gratifying it is as a parent to have a child who's more compassionate than you are, who Mm. is smarter in certain ways than you are, who is um, more curious than you are. It's just an endless delight. What a gift that you open space for that for your child. That's so beautiful, Susan. I love that. <laughs> mm. Yes, it's a mm. it's a rare it's a rare gift that Justine and I have been given to work together. Mm. Thanks for sharing with all of us who know you. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the sweet scent of the lemon blossoms. Now, where did you put that? Here we go. Tonight, Shanna Lipner-Grover, a clinical herbalist, health and nutrition educator, field botanist, ethical wildcrafter, medicine maker, and forever student of life is going to be with us. She is the director and primary educator of Sage Country Herb School of Botanical Studies near San Diego. So she will be with us tonight, Shanna Lipner-Grover, to talk about all kinds of things, especially something that's very near and dear to my heart, which is field botany. So she'll be here at 9 o'clock East Coast time. Stay with us until then or come back and have a listen in to hear what Shanna has to say. Do we have anybody tonight with any questions or am I cutting you off? Is there something you wanted to say? Uh, No, not cutting me off at all. And we do have two listeners that have already uh, queued up with questions. I'll just remind everyone else listening, uh, if you have a question, yeah, for Susan tonight, please do remember to press one on your keypad. That way we'll know that you are looking to come online and speak with Susan live tonight. It looks like we do have three callers. Did you hear what happened last week? People were being told that there wasn't room and that they couldn't get in. And what happened was, you know how you have, like, recurring payments on your credit card? Mm-hmm. Well, the credit yeah. card they had expired. And so, like, technically, they weren't hosting us last week. Ah, oh, I noticed the queue was much smaller, and I checked in with the other behind-the-scenes helpers, and they assured me it was straightened out for this week. But, yes, tonight I see it's a, a robust queue, as usual. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So everything has been straightened out. It's all good now. Yes. Yes. I all think right. we are all good. So plenty of room for everyone. Okay. Please, if you'd like to come online tonight and speak with Susan live, press one. Let us know and get yourself lined up in the queue. Are you ready for the first caller? I am. Thank you. All right. Excellent. From the 917 area code, you are live with Susan tonight from the 917. Hi. Hi, both. I'm so excited to be with you tonight. Um, My question, because I know there will be other people, so I want to be mindful of everyone's time. Um, I have had this question for a long time, and I wrote a couple of messages on the Facebook forum, and everybody was advising me to call (laughs) during the blog um, radio show. So here's my question about 
red clover and red raspberry, what schedule would you recommend? How often? Because I believe at some point you had revised um, the recommendation to um, not take them as often. Um, and I'm in um, pre-menopause um, state, and I, I know I don't want to be afraid of them, basically, is what it is. I want to learn more how to use them widely. Um, so, yes, I take on a regular basis nettles and show, but I want to incorporate um, those two as well, if you would recommend that for general hormonal balance. I think the simplest thing I can say is that I have rotated through five nourishing herbal infusions, mm-hmm. one after another, stinging nettle, oat straw, red clover, comfrey leaf, and linden flower daily for about 30 years now. Okay. Which means from my mid-40s through my menopause and on beyond. Mm-hmm. So that would I don't right think over. of nourishing herbal infusions as pretend drugs, and so I don't take them any more than I would take kale. Right? We would think it kind of <laughs> odd if someone said, I take kale. <laughs> It's a language issue. I'm not. I wonder if they had turned it into a drug rather than saying, I eat kale. We drink nourishing herbal infusion. Yes, I'm so sorry. You're so right. And and everyone of every age from the premature infant to the 114-year-old woman benefits from drinking nourishing herbal infusions. During pregnancy, it's a good idea to drink two quarts a day. Most of the time, I say a quart a day. But there's two of you, so drink two quarts a day. If you're breastfeeding, three quarts a day. And all of them in turn. And I was talking with someone, a correspondence course student, who was talking about how difficult it was getting her children to accept the nourishing herbal infusions. And I said... It's interesting to us that the babies who go from breast to infusion retain a taste for them even through their teenage years. That's amazing. So I would not hesitate to drink nourishing herbal infusions Pregnant, not pregnant, menopausal, not menopausal, um, whatever is going on. Would I personally drink red raspberry leaf infusion? Mm -mm. Because I don't like astringent herbs. Mm -hmm. You could. It wouldn't hurt you. Right. But the herbs that I picked, the five that I picked, work together. We're not using them together, but they work in your body together to create a very broad spectrum of health. Any one of them is great. And if you said to me, 
well, I eat organic produce. And I would say, that's great. But then if you only ate like organic carrots and no other organic produce, we'd have to say, you could do better by doing more different ones, right? Not that there's anything wrong with carrots or wrong with nettles, but by having all five of them, you get a lot more, and each one of them works better because they do work together. But they work together in your body, and we let your body choose how that happens. For instance, Linden. Linden is a fantastic anti-inflammatory, far better than turmeric. And not only that, it's very active against viruses like COVID. It's got a worldwide reputation as preventing colds and flus. And, oh, did I mention that it's used throughout Europe to brighten mood? So look at the very different things Lyndon has to offer to narrow it down and to say, I want to use these for hormone balance, is to kind of chop off their parts and turn them into something they aren't. And more to the point, if your hormones were balanced, you'd be dead. (laughs) The reason you're alive is that your hormones are in flux, that your hormones are moving, that your hormones are changing. Your hormones will be, in the coming years, changing more than they have ever changed before. You will be making 60 times more hormones before you're done with menopause. Thank you so much. That's such a beautiful way to look at it. And I, yes, I was um, not looking at it in an integrated way. So you would alternate them every day, one of them. I rotate through those five herbs. Yes. I rotate through them, right. So it's wintertime. My partner and and I are here alone for convenience. We make a gallon of infusion at a time. So we boil a gallon of water. We weigh out four ounces of the herb. When the water comes to a boil, we put the herb into the water, stir it in till the water comes to a boil again, turn the fire off, put the lid on the pan, and push it to the back burner of the stove. The next morning we strain it, and my partner gets half a gallon, and I get half a gallon, and that's what we drink for the next two days. then we repeat with a different herb. We don't have a schedule or a timetable that says we have to drink this now. We kind of look at each other and say, what do you want? Gosh, it's been a while since we've had oat straw. Let's have oat straw. Oh, I really need some comfrey. Would you make some comfrey? So at first, it might be easier for you to just, you know, say, okay, I'm going to do them in this order and do them in that order. I also Mm -hmm. find that it, and you may already be doing this, encourages people to buy herb by the pound. Yes, I do that. Great. 
I and I have a whole pack of red raspberry also before I realized that you, you kind of have to be careful with it. Um, and the red clover where really not, I... Really not have to be careful with it. You could... You could drink that entire pound of red raspberry and nothing bad would happen to you. It's not a dangerous herb. Right, not not dangerous, dangerous, but um and and again in I my case it could have been foxglove leaf and I touched it to my lip and my lips started to blister. That's a dangerous plant. Right. Red raspberry. It's just astringent. Eagle song picked me up at the airport, and I said, infusion. And she handed me the quart of infusion. I took a big swag, and it was hawthorn leaf, which is very astringent. Mom wasn't able to talk right for about an hour. (laughs) 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 But I wasn't permanently injured it anyway. (laughs) So... What some people do, and it's, and it's quite lovely, is they drink their nourishing mm-hmm. herbal infusion. It's the primary thing they drink. And then they also like, from time to time, or maybe on a regular basis, to have a cup of tea. And tea blending is so much fun. And so, you know, red raspberry is perfect as a tea. Because it's astringent herbs with the long brewing, the tannins really come out. But when you make them as teas, you hardly get any of that astringency. Right? Like how long are you supposed to steep green tea for? I actually like it, even as an infusion. Um, it's not with as green? easy to drink. Yeah. No, uh, the, the red, red raspberry. Um, red raspberry, yes. And that's fine. But the red clover, um, I so I I made it during the summer, and I didn't even um, connect the two, and it may not have been at all related to this, but um, I was drinking it. I wouldn't say if it were daily, maybe just a glass, um, and sometimes I won't, and then I would go back to it several days in a row, and and then I started getting my period every about every two weeks, so. Then absolutely nothing to do with the red clover. And you don't everything, think. everything okay. to do with menopause. Right. Let right. me ask you this: Was puberty mm-hmm. the day that you first bled? And that's all there was uh, of puberty. I'm sorry. Was puberty the, the? Was puberty simply one day, the day that you first bled? Or was it a period of years? Right. What? Right. Menopause is a period of about 10 years. You're in menopause. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, menopause is not, ah, that's it. I'm not bleeding anymore. Now, now I have, you know, what? No. It's a long period of time during which we change. Do you have any recollection of yourself as 10 or 11 years old? Hardly. (laughs) How about when you were 15? Yeah. That was just four or five years later. Were you the same woman, same girl? No. 
menopause is a bigger change. And if somebody had told that 10-year-old what the 15-year-old would be thinking and feeling, she would have gone, nah. Well, tell me that you do survive it. (laughs) Um. I'll be 76 in a couple of weeks. I seem to have survived. Good to know. And overwhelming. See, what, what, what happened to my list? I read this uh, last week. It's a, a great list. It's, in, it's uh, entitled, These Women Will Kick Your Ass. And they're all women in their late 80s and early 90s who are winning like tennis championships and weightlifting and sprinting. And So they have survived it and none of us are taking hormones. So you generally human you women make thirty different kinds. Human women make thirty different kinds of estrogen. We make twenty nine of them from mid fetus fetushood. In other words, when we're about five months in the womb, we start making twenty nine kinds of estrogen. We make those every day of our lives until we die. At puberty. If estrogen gets turned on, at menopause it gets turned off. It's not that you lose estrogen. It's not that you get out of balance. Now, granted, that one estrogen is a bully, and it's stronger than the others. But it doesn't mean that menopause has anything to do with stopping estrogen, losing estrogen, or hormones being out of balance. Thank you so much. This, um, this is so helpful. And you have my book? Very you have my book, New Menopause Years? I do. Good. I do. Thanks for calling. And of course, after we get off the phone, I'll be like, I had 20 other questions for her. I'm sure everyone's like that. But thank you so much for your time. You are an inspiration. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, and I'll just interject as an almost 47-year-old. It's not only survivable, this menopause, but it is beautiful. And I feel like it is truly like an opportunity to absolutely come into everything that I am and to absolutely own it. So, yeah, to the last caller and everyone listening and every woman listening who will be going through menopause at some point in their life, don't fear. It is absolutely, absolutely beautiful. So open yourself to it. It is a a wild roller coaster ride sometimes, but so is life. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. That's it's a sphere that we are all destined to be when we choose it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next caller. All right. So, yes, we have five callers in the queue with their hands raised with questions. And from the 917 area code, our, actually, I think that was our last caller, from the 206 area code, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. Can you hear Hi. me? My name is Amy. Hi, Amy. I can hear you. 
Oh, good. Um, this is my first time um, calling. Um, a friend of mine encouraged me to call you, and she has um, given me the five herbs, and I've been rotating the herbal infusions. Not, um, what a great friend she is. Yes, she is. Thank you, Shay. Um, I haven't been doing them on a, on a daily, daily basis, so a little bit... Um, but I, I really like nettle. It speaks to me a lot, so I've, I, I kind of rotate that one in. But anyway, let me um, – so I'm a 52-year-old female who two weeks ago I had a um, radical hysterectomy. Um, it, they took everything, including the ovaries. Um, I had a cancer diagnosis, um, endometrial carcinoma that um, I, had, I had begun to – experienced the um, some symptoms of menopause and I thought that my having a period every two weeks was menopause but it wasn't it was a symptom of this um, this endometrial cancer so but we found it and um, two weeks ago I had the so I, w- I was taking a little bit of um, I was taking a birth control pill and I was taking a hundred milligrams of progesterone which they advised me to stop taking a day or two before the surgery. So I haven't had any, um, my ovaries have been gone for two weeks. And uh, I am going to start chemotherapy in two or three weeks. And um, you're starting chemotherapy because they're spread to other organs? They found... um, a microscopic, um, they found in one of the six lymph nodes that they um, removed, they found cancer. So they call that metastasized because it's outside of the uterus. It was in one lymph node. So, so yes, it was outside. So what's your feeling about the chemotherapy? Um... My initial feeling about the chemotherapy was negative. I had uh, an initial consult with the doctor that did the surgery last week, and then I've I've done some soul searching, and then today I had a second opinion with a doctor who's act, who would actually be following my chemotherapy, and I feel so much more at ease today after speaking with her. Um. And when I really reflect on the parts of the chemotherapy that really upset me, if I'm really honest with myself, it's about uh, losing my hair. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit vain, Susan. <laughs> so after today, I feel a little more settled about it, but I did. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a very healthy person who does not want to normally I don't put any drugs in my body if I can help it. I don't use caffeine even. So um you know my my experience and simply my experience and it's limited is that I've never seen anyone recover from chemotherapy. Wow. And I understand and that your fears are focused on the chemotherapy itself. 
but my fears are focused on the aftermath. Yes. Which you will have I, to live I'm, with for the rest for the rest of your life. Yes. Can can you share some more about that? About about that. Well, um, what did she tell you the aftermath is going to be? What permanent impairments did she tell you to prepare to live with? Did she tell you to be prepared to have a tremor? Did she tell you to be prepared to look for heart disease? Did she tell you to be prepared for not being able to balance and falling down? Depending on the chemotherapy, these are frequent long-term things that people have to learn to live with because they chose chemotherapy. Okay. On my diagnosis of endometrial cancer, I refused chemotherapy. I did mistletoe therapy. Mistletoe therapy is one of the primary things that's used in situations like yours in Israel, Germany, Holland. It's not a considered it's not considered alternative it's considered a primary treatment okay and I'm certainly not there with you but my again my belief my sense my feeling my experience is that the medical establishment over treats. Yes, I I have that same feeling. I ha- I had my ovaries mm. because I said you leave my ovaries alone. You know that cancer never starts in the ovaries. It starts in the fallopian tubes. You take my fallopian tubes and you leave my ovaries alone. Mm. Yeah, I I wish I had done a little bit more research. I would have liked to have kept my ovaries. They were fine. Yeah. They were fine. Um, yeah. So it just now that you have done that, it. do you need to harm yourself more? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have the answer for you as to whether or not you do. But you said, well, they see that as metastasis, and that's how they treat it. And I hear you, and I understand but how do you see it, and how do you treat it? Mm. Can you can you say more about mistletoe therapy? I did my mistletoe therapy under the care of an anthroposophic MD. Um, depending on you know where you live. I was fortunate to live within an hour's drive. I went once a month for an hour-long infusion of mistletoe and IV of mistletoe. And every day I injected myself with mistletoe. Okay. And... How long um, do that for? I 
agreed to do it for two years. I did it before I started radiation treatment, for two months before, throughout the radiation treatment, and I would have continued to do it for the entire two years, except the physician, Dr. Lutz, a woman slightly older than, than I, who said to me in May of 2020, the radiation didn't kill your cancer. I said, I, I think you're right. And they refused to do any imaging because they said it's the kind of cancer that dies from the inside and there'd be a shell of it you couldn't see on any image. And we both just had this sense of it. And she really kicked my butt to go into surgery, which, believe me, I did not want to do. Mm. And after a very careful hour with her, I went and I called my gynecological oncologist and I told her I wanted surgery. It had been two years, you know. I had refused the hysterectomy. And she's like, what? I said, yeah, look at me. And, um, you know, we then proceeded to, um, because I had been two kinds of cancer, do very major surgery. And... They got clear margins, and there's no spread anywhere, and there's not a single cell in any lymph node. Mm. I lived in the endometrial cancer for two years, working on it herbally. They're not vigorous, aggressive cancers, endometrial cancers. There's not a lot written about them. Even in my book, I really skimp on it. Bad me. But they're very similar to prostate cancer. Mm. Did they give you, not stage, but grade? It's grade one, so that's good. Which Which means the most indolent, the least likely to cause any problems. Yes, yes. Yes. Put all yeah, those things just... in your hopper and decide for yourself, you know. Saying no to chemotherapy now doesn't mean you can't change your mind in the future. That's true. Yes. <laughs> yes. And saying yes to it now means it's over in 20 weeks and I can get on with my life. And I just want to be Absolutely not. No, you will never get on from your life once it's over. Okay. You will be permanently impaired in some major way. Mm. And you will be monitored every three months. I refused monitoring. You know what they said to me? Well, you know, our treatments cause cancer, so we want to be there to catch it when it's young. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what they say. 
No, the only way for it to be over is for you to take it into your own hands now. Yeah. Not to ignore them, not to put them down, not to step totally outside of that. You want them and you want it foot into that system. Because I had a foot in that system, that's why I could call up and say, all right, I'm ready. I want the surgery. And she had an open day. They imaged me and the tumor that they cut out, the other tumor, not the endometrial cancer, was seven centimeters. Five days later when they cut it out, it was eight and a half centimeters. It was growing that fast. Wow. I was very glad I had a foot in the system. If I'd had to wait for months to get a surgical date, which could have very easily happened if I hadn't, despite the fact that I knew I was going to say no to surgery, put myself into the system, right? Yeah. So that I was known. Yeah. And so I'm not saying, you know, slam a door, but I'm saying step up more to what you want at this point. You've given a lot to what they want. And they can't guarantee you anything. They told me that the radiation was 100% successful. Guess what? Yeah. It wasn't. No. Did they tell me that the radiation could burn a hole through the thin piece of skin between my rectum and my vagina and cause me Drool feces at my vagina? No. Just as they're not telling you what's going to happen from the chemotherapy. And they they mentioned many of the things you mentioned. Um, you know the heart disease and different things. Um, They didn't mention anything about balance, although they did talk about neuropathy, of course. Well, that's a fancy word for you can't stand up, right? (laughs) Or you you have, like, shooting pains that nobody can do anything about or, you know, neuropathy, not a good word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (sighs) How old were you when you had your diagnosis? Uh, my diagnosis was May of 2017, so it was five years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. I'm very glad to hear you're doing well, Susan. I'm wondering to decide. Me too. Um, so, you know? Yes. It's wonderful. <laughs> and, um, and I really stand by whatever choice you make because you're the one who's living there. Thank you. You're welcome. You. You, can't, you can't make a wrong choice. <gasps> Thank you. There's so many people that, you know, 
have ideas. Um, besides the five nourishing herbal infusions, is there anything else that I can Mushrooms. do? Mushrooms. Sorry? Mushrooms. Mushrooms. Okay. Medicinal mushrooms. I took a lot of medicinal mushrooms. Okay. I got um, I'm a little bit my worried community. about my bones. My, You're worried uh, about your bones? Not having Drink those nourishing herbal infusions. Okay. So that will help with the osteoporosis. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. When I, I'm worried when about one, my taking hormones. One, one day as I went in for my radiation treatment, I saw an x-ray on a screen, and I said, wow, look at that pelvis and those femurs. That is a really, those are really good-looking bones. I said, you know, one of the younger patients here, and they said, no, that's your x-ray. <laughs> that's why it's up on the screen here by the door you're about to go into, because that's you. And they said, and we do not see bone mass like that in women half your age. Oh, wow. It looked like a child had taken a white crayon and colored my femurs in. Wow. Drink your nourishing herbal infusions and, of course, eat your yogurt, right? Yogurt, okay. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Will you do me a very big favor and call back in four to six weeks? Yes, so I can I hear your voice. <laughs> yes, Thank you. I will. I would too. really appreciate it if you would do that for me. Yes, I will. I won't Thank be a stranger. <laughs> Thank All you. Right. Blessings. Bye. 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 All right. It looks like we have five callers that have lined up in the queue with their hands raised by pressing one. The next caller is dialing in from the 510 area code. From the 510, you are live with Susan. Good evening, Green Blessings Guru Susan. So lovely to be able to chat with you briefly. Thank you, and to you too. Namaste. Namaste. And um, I just have a a few questions I'm going to ask you really quickly because I appreciate so many other people want to talk to you. I have been drinking the beautiful five herbs on rotation. I just wanted to ask, as I delve into your incredible, beautiful women's Bible, the new menopausal years, um, do you think that I can or I should introduce additional herbs to the sort of classic five that I'm drinking as I embrace my menopause? It's a wonderful question. Mm-hmm. And I do that on an as-needed basis. Uh. So in the summertime, I almost always have a quart of hibiscus infusion on hand. Delicious. And I've been really glad to see over the past six or seven years, the hibiscus coming on strong and people really appreciating hibiscus and right. amazing things it can do. To me, it's a secondary herb because it's not high in protein, and I want you to get mm-hmm. a lot of protein from the nourishing mm-hmm. herbal infusions. Mm-hmm. Um, violet was one of my original infusions because it is very high in protein, but it gets high and high and higher in price. Mm-hmm. And so I said, hmm, right now I'm making for myself an infusion of kava root. 
and wow. drinking that just by like the quarter cup at a time and rebrewing it several times. And I wow. make and I'm also making for myself matcha. So my morning drink is a third matcha, a third kava root infusion, and a third whatever my infusion of the day is. Beautiful. I wish that you had this amazing kiosk or cafe where we could come and just drink. Oh, wouldn't that be blended. great? Wouldn't right. be and of course, the green tea is because of all the things that really prevent cancer and are going to keep me cancer-free for the rest of my life. Green tea is the easiest, tastiest, mm. and probably the best researched. Mm, mashallah. Thank you so much. I am going to embrace the book, and I'm embracing my menopause years, and I will um, really think about on, on a need to on a need to need to know. Need to and, basis, and you know, dandelion, burdock. Yeah. What have you? What yeah. fun. Enjoy. Thank you. My oh, uh, Guru uh, Susan, is it okay to ask you one more quick question? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, my sister lives in. England, and uh, I tried to get her to call in. Uh, she said she's struggling to do that. She asked me to ask you, um, as, a, as a really clever woman who is self-medicating and self-diagnosing and definitely into herbs, she was just wondering if you could think of anything on top of the wise woman tradition that she could take because she was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And even though she does not deal with the medical industrial complex, she does have... Um, a lot of pain, and even though she's incredibly positive, she just wanted me to ask you this question. I talk about fibromyalgia at some oh. length in, in New Menopausal Years, the Wise Woman Way. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, New Menopausal Years replaces Menopausal Years, the Wise Woman mm-hmm. Way, which was the original book which came out, oh my goodness, decades, decades ago. Wow. And in that book, I had sore all over because this was before we had even gotten the medical profession to acknowledge that such a thing as fibromyalgia exists. Mm. So yes, there's a lot of things that she can do and can help herself with and um, it may or may not be easy for her to get them there Mm. and it will be she will need to try out various things because it's a very um, individual thing. But the kava, Mm -hmm. the reason I'm drinking kava root infusion on a daily Mm -hmm. basis, although just a small amount of it, you know, like an ounce or a couple of ounces of the infusion, is Mm -hmm. because it relieves musculoskeletal pain. Mm -hmm. Wow. Which is exactly what she's dealing with. That's right, yeah. So I don't know if she can get cover root there. There are places where you can and where you can't get it. There are herbal suppliers mm-hmm. in the U.S. who carry it and those who don't. Mm. I will that's, that's kind of sad because it was, there was a mix-up with it in Germany where, as I like to say, herbs are legal, and so that means they're trained professionals, and this trained professional, instead of getting kava root, got kava leaf, had it powdered, put in capsules, and sold to people, and they went into liver failure. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah, and they had to have liver transplants. And so kava got this, like, bad reputation, right? Oh. But it wasn't 
have a root, it was Cuddly's. It was a mistake. It was his fault, not of us. So there's still some places that won't sell it, and some countries even that won't allow it to be sold, even though, again, properly used, and I am using it in infusion strength. It's fine. But that's one place that she can start, and then mm-hmm. she can, if she can get a copy of New Menopausal Years, which she should be able to, um, mm-hmm. she can read lots more about it, or you can even just copy the pages if you have it, you know, photograph them and email them off to her. You know what? She found a copy of your book. It was from, um, it, it, it was in a prison library. She couldn't believe it. She bought it secondhand, and it had been in a prison library. So somebody was reading your book in prison. I am going to tell her about this book and that there's a huge piece on fibromyalgia. I'll also read it myself, and then I can help her. Wonderful. She so she she found a copy of New Menopausal Years. She I had did six in books. Britain. Yeah. Was it new? Was it new menopausal years or menopausal years? Ooh, which one did you say the fibromyalgia? New menopausal years, which is the more recent one, is the one that talks about fibromyalgia. And menopausal years, which is the older one, talks about sore all over. So there's quite a bit more information. New menopausal years. Uh, Guru, which one do you recommend that she read, or do you think she should read both? I don't know which one she has. The only one available yeah. now is new menopausal years. But if she ah, bought it used, okay. mm-hmm. she bought the old edition. Okay, I'll find What out. I'm saying is that there won't be as much information in the older edition about fibromyalgia. Because at that I point, you. it's mm-hmm. not even mentioned by name because mm-hmm. there wasn't a name for it. It's listed mm-hmm. and sore all over because mm-hmm. that's what we call it. That's what it is, isn't it? That's when how you, you feel. are dealing with fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. you're sore all you're over. So all over. It's so true. Sore all over. Arg. <laughs> Guru, Guru Weed, I have one last question for you. In addition to the wise woman heads, if I'm suffering from constipation, is there anything you can advise? When you say suffering, yeah. I just want to know means that you are suffering, that there's some physical pain? Oh, yeah, just feeling super funky and then, like, really painful going to the, going to the toilet itself and then just feeling so stuck. Yeah. Okay. Stomachache. Because, you know, yeah. no, one has ever, no one has ever died of constipation. Right. It's absolutely non-lethal. But <laughs> I think a child dies every 10 minutes of diarrhea. Wow. So I diarrhea is a real killer, right? Mm-hmm. Constipation's just kind of a. Um, many people like yellow dock root tincture for regularity, mm. and that's a great thing to do. Generally, the first thing that I ask people to do is to just for even three to seven days keep a food mm-hmm. log mm-hmm. and. Then sit down with a computer and mm. check out what you've eaten and check out how much fiber you've actually eaten. Mm-hmm. And okay. see if there isn't an easy way to get more fiber into your diet. For most people, the easiest way to get more fiber into the diet is half a cup of beans sometime during the day. Mm. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Just got to work on that. It's not the only thing you can do for fiber, but it's really easy, really fast because beans are super high in fiber. But just take a look and see. Mm. Use 
Mm-hmm. When people are having painful bowel movements, their yeah. diet is low in fiber because fiber is indigestible, right? Right. So what's happening is the food you're eating is all being digested and there's nothing left to poo out. Right. Oh, okay. When you fiber, then you're eating all this stuff that can't be digested. So then you have a big poo that moves easily because you have all that fiber. Ah, uh, now I can see it. I can visualize it in my body. Okay, thank you. Right. Guru, we thank so you. Well. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I want you to know you're always in my prayers, and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, I benefit so much. Thank you. Great blessings. Thank you. Great blessings. Bye-bye. All right. We've got about 30 minutes before our guest joins us this evening, and there are five callers with their hands raised. Our next caller is calling from the 831 area code. From the 831, you are live with Susan. Hi, Sue. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. What's up tonight? Hmm. I'm not being able to hear you. Maybe you're on a cell phone. I'm not sure what's happening. Every now and then I'm getting a murmur. I can hear you. You can hear me. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, now I can hear you. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Tell me, tell me what's I up. Um, I had, I had, I had some blood in my stool this morning, and I've been having a cramp in my left side. And I'm actually at the doctor right now and waiting to be seen. But um, I thought I would just try to check in with you. Okay. Since I had a little bit of time, yeah. Most of the time, blood in the stool comes from a hemorrhoid. Yes, and I've had a hemorrhoid before, and it was bright red blood, but this time when I was um, having a bowel movement, there wasn't any straining, and I haven't had any straining lately. There doesn't have to be any straining for there to be blood. Okay. If there's something really serious wrong in your bowels, it's rare that you will actually see blood unless it's like a hemorrhage. Right. Mm-hmm. Seeing blood is a good sign that there's basically nothing wrong. Okay. <laughs> and is okay. Any way to detect a Pain in your side. Are we talking on your right side or your left side? My left side. Mm-hmm. Your appendix is on your right side. Over on your left side isn't much at all except a couple of bends in your intestine. So we will envision, Mm -hmm. um, like, if you put your arm across your body, just, you know, pick your arm up at the elbow and fold it across your body so that it goes across the lower part of your ribs. And then take your hand, do that with your right hand, okay? So your right arm Mm -hmm. is across your ribs, and then take your right hand and fold it down. All right, you now have the bend where the transverse 
large intestine meets the descending large intestine. And that is a place right where your wrist is where people will often feel really sharp gas pain. Now, down where your fingers are, curl your fingers just a little bit. There's Mm -hmm. another bend right there where the descending colon bends to go over to the rectum, right? So the descending colon goes down on your left side, but you don't poo out of your left side. You poo from the middle, so it has to turn there. So right where your fingers are curling is another place where people can experience very severe, powerful gas pains that can, like, bring tears to your eyes. Right. Are, are either mm-hmm. one of those the place where you're experiencing pain? Um, I, I'm not quite sure. Um, I think it might be a little lower. A little lower? Well, maybe my hand's a little longer than yours. My fingers get <laughs> at my groin. So there isn't any more in my belly after my groin. Okay. Um, it's like kind of right under my left rib. And that just that's where I yes, that's one of the places mm-hmm. I just mentioned, right? Right. Uh huh. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mhm. Yeah. I said, take your right hand, right, fold it up at the elbow, fold it across your chest, so that it's just under your ribs, uh-huh. and then. Bend your right hand at the wrist, right? Boop. Oh, yep. Okay, and that should yes, be right yes, under yes. your left ribs, yes? Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. where the tra- transverse colon bends, and it literally bends. It's not like a curve. It's a right. bend. And so a gas bubble can mm-hmm. get caught there and go, ooh, ooh, ooh. It really can hurt. Can that last for 25 days? Can what? You think? Can that... I'm sorry, can what? Having this, I've been having the cramping feeling for 25 days now, almost a month. You've been having a cramping feeling right at that spot? Yeah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is? Well, I was hoping it was just um, uh, some, maybe some inflammation. Um, uh-huh. And what it, what are the doctors going to do if it's inflammation? They probably would want, well, they would want me to take an antacid, I think. No, antacids are for something that's in your stomach. Okay, uh-huh. And this does not sound like it's in your stomach. When you need an antacid, you have heartburn. So you pick your hand your right hand up, and you put it, bam, right in the middle of your chest? Yeah. Between your breasts? That's, yeah, that's that way. Uh-huh. That's where your stomach is. That's where heartburn is. Right, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Is that where the pain is? No. Mm-mm. No? No. No. I find that many people go to the doctors, to the emergency room, hoping that the doctors will do something, but they have a very nebulous idea about what they think the doctor might do. 
and then are rather shocked to discover that what the doctor is going to do is to order expensive high-tech tests and then either drugs or surgery because that's what they're trained to do. Is that what you want? No. In fact, then why are you no there? Either. Why are you even no. there? That is all that can happen there. Now, do you think it you have cancer? Me. Do you think that this pain is about to kill you? Is this an emergency? Mm. If it is, no. please stay no. there. But you don't sound like someone who's in horrible pain. No, I'm not. <sighs> It's just, you know, that bright red light, it just... I understand, but uh, but believe me, the doctor is not going to do anything about that. Uh, the only thing he would do about that is a colonoscopy. Is that what you want? No, I don't. Well, that's what the doctor will do. If you say there's bright red blood, the doctor's going to say, well, we need to do a colonoscopy and make sure there's not a polyp there. Right. And if you know, that's have, what you want, you are at the right place to get it, and they can be very persuasive. They run okay. a a fear game that is fierce. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. So you are already there on a nebulous fear, and they're going to crystallize it and give you the cure for the fear they've crystallized. I'm going to walk out right I'm going to leave right now. <laughs> I think that's yeah. a reasonable choice. Yeah, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have any slippery elm? I do. Yep. Slippery elm is a wonderful thing to take in this situation. I think that it will help ease the pain. Now, I'm going to make a wild guess here. Okay. My wild guess is that someone, probably, could be something, but someone close to you is in a really difficult situation. It's not you, but someone who's so close to you that you feel them even more than you would feel it, and that this is a stress response to their stress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, thank you. It's always wonderful to step out in, in the air and <sighs> discover there's actually something under my foot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> wow! And I and I literally just stepped out into the air as you said. <laughs> yes, yes. And what a blessing that you're so air. close to this. That that they are like they're like a, they're like your rib, you know. Oh my goodness! Yes. Uh-huh. Very. This very. Mm. This is a very tender relationship you have with this person. So. <sighs> Mm-hmm. All right. I go talk to the next person. You go home. Okay. 
Yes. Okay, super Thank you so much, Susan. Yes. You're welcome. Yes. Green blessings. Yes. Bye-bye. Green blessings. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Oh, the magic. Bless it be, Susan. I love you so much. Our next caller is calling from the 5 area code. From the 845, you are blessed to be on the line live with Susan tonight. Oh, thank you, Sue Ellen. Hi, Susan. Hi. Sarah Ellen. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Sarah Ellen. Sarah Ellen, it's okay. Um... I just got a little nervous right beforehand because I switched gears like 10 times about what what's the most important thing for me to talk about tonight. And I just want to start out by saying your advice about how to approach a doctor, when to go, when to leave is extraordinarily important. And you've given me so much courage and uh the couple of years that I've been listening to your show that I have managed to do just that. I've I've been planning for what's ahead of me. I've been getting my foot in the right door, and I come and go as I please when I choose, depending on what I'm getting or who, how it goes or anything like that. And I think it's really given me so much confidence that um, communicating better and my caregivers are making better choices for me because they they know what I'll do and what I won't do. And it's really turning out quite, quite well. So um, one of the big things I'm dealing with right now is bone health. And I succumbed to a bone scan after almost 20 years of being asked to get one. And I did it because my ankle uh, bone splintered and the bone marrow leaked, and I thought, this can't be right. They said it's so rare. It stumps the best of Your ankle bone splintered just from the weight of your body? Yes, inside the bone, yes. And they said it is so rare that even the best of doctors would be confused. It took them a week down at the best orthopedic hospital in the country uh, to come back with that diagnosis. So, um, But you were in pain all this time. Yeah, so I went and got the bone scan, and then they said, you know, see the metabolic bone doctor for some blood work. So the uh-huh. bone scan says my hips I was I have thirty five year old hips and I'm almost sixty. Woohoo. Not well, that hey, much you. Not that they're much getting much action, but maybe that's why. I don't know. <laughs> well I used to ride horses. <laughs> I used to ride horses and I think that's why. I have a very strong pelvis. Right? Uh yeah. Yeah. And now I'm riding around on my garden cart, uh to, to ambulate, and I pick up, it's really toning my stomach. So finally I can face all of those issues that I've been planning and just trying to build up my health and tone my system so when I get surgery, I'll be successful. So yes. with bone health, yes, and, and thank you for telling everybody, get your foot in the door. You don't just walk in and say, fix me. You can't, you, 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 
I mean, you might get fixed, but chances are it's not like the good old days, you know. So the bone health thing. Uh, so I got uh, the 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 bone loss in this ankle is uh, 28%, which is really high. Even though, you're, even though your hips are in good shape, your ankle is not. No, and it's probably trauma-related. So, I was going to ask you if there was previous trauma to that ankle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Especially because um, you said you rode horses. Mm-hmm. Yep. In fact, I think, I, I, I'm not sure if this is the foot or not, um, that was, uh, I was stepped on by a horse. Anybody else would have had their foot foot crushed. They said, I just can't well, believe. I'm I gonna bet that you, I'm going to bet that you already know what I'm going to suggest. I don't. Tonight, I don't. I'm <laughs> having a whole con about it. Comfrey, yes. Comfrey. Of course, yeah. And yes. I follow your form. Yes, of course. Drink Comfrey. Right. Drink right. Comfrey infusion. Drink it every day now. Drink at least a cup of Comfrey every day for mm-hmm. bone mending, bone building, mm-hmm. and compress your ankle or soak your ankle or somehow get the Comfrey on your ankle. I don't know if you've heard Eagle Song's story of her son who's in a motorcycle accident and smashed his ankle. And they hauled him off in an ambulance, and they x-rayed his ankle, and they said, oh, your ankle is in little bitty pieces. We're going to have to go in there, and we're going to have to, you know, glue them together and screw them together and yep. staple them together. And Wow, there's right. a lot of work to be done in there. And they right. said, and we can't do it right now because your ankle's too swollen. So you go home, sit around for two weeks until the swelling goes down, and keep it up and keep it iced. And then you come back, and we'll do the surgery for you, and your ankle will be fine. So he went home. He kept it up. He they kept kind it of iced, said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. He kept it in comfrey, comfrey, comfrey. When he went back in two weeks, and they opened it up, they said, oh, "Your ankle is as good as new. There's nothing we can do here. All the bones are in the right place." So when you say he kept it in comfrey, you mean he just kept it wrapped continuously? That's right. Comfrey? He kept it wrapped <gasps> in comfrey or soaked it in comfrey. Yes. Okay. Okay, I'm not using it enough. I will do it more and more. And, and, more, more, um, more, more. It stains yeah. right when I smashed up my wrist that I healed so extremely well. Again, you know, I have several blouses that are stained from the country because I wore it. I wore something wrapped around my wrist all the time, oh, day and night. Oh, I see. I can do that. Yeah, I, lo- I, I can yeah. do that. Yeah. So the yeah. other thing that's odd, very, 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 very odd, is they did all of the minerals, well, I shouldn't say all, they did the main, um, uh, anal- they did analysis for what they thought was the most important minerals to check for in the bone. Uh-huh. And, and everything was good except for calcium. And I said to them, this doesn't make any sense. I said, uh, you want me to just take calcium? I said, don't I have a malabsorption problem? Because I'm getting it in my diet, but it's not. Oh, don't worry about that. I call my regular physician. He says, no, you need vitamin D. I said, my vitamin D is in the 70s. Uh, it's perfect. Well, that's high. <laughs> yeah. It's actually high. Oh, no, I think so you're high. absolutely right. I think you're what absolutely right. What is the case? They won't test. They won't test for it. They said well, we no, don't. They, they, because 
it's not important to them. And of course, Western Price, Western Price even has um, another special factor that's in butter that he says really moves calcium into the bones. Okay, you're gonna um, you're gonna get so furious, but I haven't had dairy in almost thirty years because well, I, I am. Say what I was gonna say, and if you're not eating dairy, I think this yeah. is a wake up call. I'm not furious. Well, I I can't breathe. You're the one it's who going, has to decide. I I, I can I, you I try support, everything. Can you support people who love okay. animals or not? No, that's not why. I, that's not why my lungs fill up with fluid and I get I can't breathe and I'll die. But here's the thing: I decided this is because of my gut why I can't have that. I was already told about the leaky gut, so I'm gonna go get my gut fixed. And um, I, I hope Slippery that Elm that will do that for you. You don't need to get it fixed. Slippery Elm, let Slippery Elm do it. What 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 what? Slippery Elm mm-hmm. will fix your gut for you. You know, I started doing that, and that was really good, really, really, really good. But now they think I have cancer, so I do, you know, and um, they think I got some necrosis from, from uh, I, I, I developed uh, for, you know, uh, uh, what do they call that, uh, the celiac or the uh, Crohn's or whatever. But I have that almost under control now thanks to you telling me to cook my food. I'm so glad to hear that. Food. So I will, get, I will get on the slippery elm more, 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 and wrap, wrap, wrap with that comfrey leaf. And that comfrey. All right. I think you're on the okay. track there, and I think you're on the track with the um, vitamin K. So, so what, find yourself, what is the vitamin find yourself K? a nice organic butter and know oh, that nice butter. organic yeah. people – Nice organic cows are making that nice organic butter, and that by buying it, no, you are I like supporting it. I like butter. animals it's, being loved. So I, get I some love, butter. No, I love butter. I I I I uh, I, I just you had bu- a little butter on my broccoli for Christmas, and I'm still hacking up the 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 fluid. It 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 it, it builds up fluid. I I it's it, where else can I get K? Is, is it only in dairy? I, well, huh? do some research. Do some research and call back and let us know what you found out. Well, I did try a little, but I'll try harder. Just, go, just okay. go, to, you know, right. go to the Internet and say, what are the best sources of vitamin K? It's easy to do. It's fun. You'll enjoy it. And then you can call back next week and share it with yeah, us. Okay. I, do, I do do that, but thank you. Okay. Green blessings. All righty. Great. Green <laughs> blessings. Good night. Good night. All right, and we've got three callers with about seven minutes. The next caller is calling from the 703 area code. From the 703, you are live with Susan. Hello, in the 703? All right, let's try the 818. From the 818, you are live with Susan. Good evening, ladies. Hi, Susan. Hi, hi. Um, I want... Thank you so much for having this program. I haven't called in in a while. I forgot how amazing it is. Uh, it's life-changing. And um, thank you for putting people in the right direction because everywhere we go, people are telling us, you know, get chemo, take pharma. You really are a lighthouse for, for us. So um, I, I have a question. I've got – I feel like I'm every, – in every other way, I'm pretty healthy, but I've got a very serious receding gum problem. And I think it might be a tooth problem too, but I'm doing everything I can for that, like Corstel or, or Ostra, 
uh, and then nettles and comfrey. But the receding gums, uh, it's, something's got to happen quick. Hmm. Can you recommend something? So your gums were fine, and then suddenly they started receding? No, it's been going on for a while. It's been going on for a while. And a, yeah. you've been seen by a periodontist or a dentist? Um, yeah. They uh, they always just want to take teeth out and, you know, <laughs> do extreme things that I'm not willing to do. They never have a natural solution for anything. And the doctors I'm not so interested in their solutions I... as what they think might be going on. Do they um, have they all, anything? They all say different things. One said tooth grinding. One said I'm brushing too hard. I, I, it might be just from tooth grinding, and I'm working on that as well. But, okay. Um, yeah. I, I all right. So they're, they're, they're not seeing any underlying um, issue that has to be dealt with, like a, something major that, that we need to look into. I always like to just reassure myself that there's not some horrible infection in your mouth that we're, that we're overlooking. Um, so the gums, I'm told by dentists, don't actually withdraw the teeth drop down. And that happens because there's not enough bone mass in the jaw. Got it. So it's a bone mass problem, maybe. That's why when I have asked dentists about this, they say, well, people talk about receding gums, but the gums don't really recede. It looks like they do because as the, especially the upper jaw loses mass, the teeth just slide down a little bit. And then they Got look it. longer. <laughs> so you don't think of the teeth coming down, you think of the gums as going up. And it might even be why you're grinding your teeth, because your teeth are longer and it's annoying to you. Hmm. Okay. I do so, a lot of things my teeth. Like, I, I eat greens every day. I do cheese. I do butter. Like, it doesn't really great. make and sense, your green, but... Your greens, are well, your greens are well cooked? There was a slight hesitation there. Uh, no. I do... Um, I don't like them, like... Uh, I don't like them not as cooked, so I cook very well. I, I mix it up. Like I do broccoli, kale, chard, all different kinds as well. And then a lot of times I'll melt cheese over it. But they're definitely Sounds good. always well cooked. So when you cook um, kale, how long do you cook it for? Uh, I never time it, but I kind of taste it and when it's pretty soft. Um, so maybe like 30, 30 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's not enough. Okay. Set a timer and let it cook for at least 60 minutes. Okay. If you have time to let it cook for longer, it will be better. Okay. Minerals are Minerals are tough, right? Minerals as they naturally occur in rocks, 
The rocks have to be broken or heated to get the minerals out. Minerals can't be destroyed by heat. They're only liberated by heat. If we want the minerals from our grains, and it's one of the primary things we're getting from the minerals, then we want to treat them with heat for as long as possible to free up as much minerals as possible. Fortunately for us, greens are also a great source of carotenes. And the longer and harder that carotenes are cooked, the more bioavailable they are in our body. So it's definitely the best way to go to cook those greens for at least 60 minutes. I usually cook my broccoli in a tiny amount of water in a pan for close to an hour as well. I find that most vegetables, after they're cooked for an hour, liberate a lot more nutrition into our bodies. They don't have to be put in boiling water. They don't have to be sent for swimming lessons, as I said. Just put a little bit, little bit of water in the bottom of the pan. As a matter of fact, broccoli is a fairly good source of B vitamins. And most people steam broccoli. And pea vitamins are water-soluble, so all of the B vitamins in the broccoli wind up in the steaming water, which gets tossed. Whereas when I cook broccoli, I cook it in a tiny bit of water for an hour, and there's no place for those B vitamins to go because at the end of the cooking time, there's no water left, so I get to eat them. And All right, and I'm going to say Bona. green blessings and goodbye to you and hello to our guest. Thanks so much for your call. Call Thank again you. sometime. Good night. And a wonderful hello to Shauna Lipner Grover, a clinical herbalist health and nutrition educator, field botanist, ethical wild crafter, medicine maker, and forever student of life and wonder. She is the director and primary educator of Sage Country Herbs School of Botanical Studies in the North County, San Diego. Sage Country Herb School of Botanical Studies, a two-year program, is a hybrid online and field-based ecology, botany, and plant medicine school that guides students through weaving the study of plants and ecology of diverse environments into the practice of making and using herbal medicine. Through mountain hikes, plant walks, farm activities, and a bit of adventure, students learn roles within their local ecologies. Shauna runs a clinical practice in North County, San Diego, focusing on empowering people to take responsibility for their health. Beyond her field school, she teaches at a variety of outdoor education events, including Art and Wilderness Institute and Solidarity Farm School, Healing Hand School of Holistic Health, and a 350-hour herbal medicine and nutrition program. She has bylines in Plant Healer Magazine and Herbaria, and of course, you'll find her at herb conferences like Plant Healer Botanical Medical Confluence and Terra Vida Herbal Symposium, as well as Oshala Farms Herb Camp. Welcome to the show, Shauna. Thank you. Excellent. I'm so Shana. glad. Shana, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. 
the long A. Yes. I'm so glad that you could be with us tonight. Oh, thank you so much. You, yeah. How long have you lived in San Diego, and what is North County San Diego? Is it, by that you mean outside of the city? Oh, very much so. We're about 45 minutes north of the city. We're mostly in rolling hills and a lot of citrus and avocado groves. I was going to say, let's see, 45 minutes north of San Diego, you're almost up to Laguna. Almost, but definitely not. We're more um, East County, so I'm more on the way to Riverside. Okay. Okay. All right. More, more inland. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Does it get pretty deserty there? not quite deserty. I mean, we have cactus, of course, that can grow here, but I I had about a half hour, uh, uh, about a half hour to 45 minutes east to get to the desert, which I love being able to do. Because I remember when I was at UCLA that we would drive east until we got to the desert. That's right. Any, anywhere, as long as you drive east, you'll end up in the desert. Right. It was one of those things that we knew if we just drove We'd wind up in the desert. There was one of those, our destinations, like Tahoe was a destination, and drive to the desert was a destination. Crazy college kids, what can we say? So <laughs> it's a beautiful area. Yes, and very much. Um, yeah, very responsive to people in a very unusual way. Oh, please do explain what you mean by that. I'm so curious. Land around San Diego has a much older personality than most of the land in California. Yeah, Can you I feel would that agree there? With that. Absolutely, absolutely. We have so much beautiful influence. Of we are so close to the border. You know, within a, within an hour of the border. You get this wonderful influence from Curanderas and Curanderos, as well as, you know, San Diego being an incredibly diverse environment. It's one of my favorite things about living here um, because I'm, I'm actually really found I, – I love the Pacific Northwest. I spent a lot of time there. Um, but I love the diversity down here. I have learned so much from – getting to meet people from all over the world who have settled here. And it requires a little more of you personally. I would agree with that. Much, much of California is easy enough that if you don't have much focus or motivation you can muddle. And while San Diego is still warm in that way, nonetheless, it calls up a a much more focused person. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. We actually have our spring starting. Yes! Chickweed! Oh, and nettles, it's everywhere, absolutely everywhere right now. <laughs> I, 
just walking in a field, an absolute field of chickweed with my field apprenticeship. It's like it's a carpet. Oh, here we go. Oh, how wonderful. Ah, marvelous. I was so thrilled the first time I found that the chickweed could could tolerate those hot climates. She just comes out early in the spring. Right. <laughs> yeah, under the Her disappearance. High school bye. I, you know, I, I I get such a thrill seeing people be self-sufficient because they look to their local ecology for their herbs. And I, I see by reading your introduction here that you feel very strongly the same way and, in fact, have created a, a school, a curriculum, and a, a life focus of helping people focus in on what's around them instead of the latest, greatest herb from somewhere far away. It is so incredibly important to me that people in, especially in my area in Southern California, recognize not only the extreme privilege of living in an environment um, like this, but also the extreme abundance. We are so incredibly, we have a 12-month growing season. So whether it's the weeds or it's the farms, it's just, there's so much abundance. You walk anywhere and you just see whether it's native plants or it's invasive plants or it's things like eucalyptus that has been planted over and over. Um, There is so much food and medicine around us all the time that most people have no idea about. And it's it's both um, incredibly empowering and inspiring and also incredibly frustrating, you know, to see people not understanding that, you know, spraying poison is not the answer when this is literally what's going to heal you. Yes. Yes. Don't, don't spray poison. Stop and smell the weeds. And yes. yes. So what's your favorite way of getting people to stop and smell the weeds? Mostly it's just with getting people to um, go on plant walks or come to farms because one of the beautiful things about living in an environment like this where we do have a really beautiful, um, you know, um, uh, climate is that we can do outdoor activities all year round. Um, And so there's always something blooming. There's always something to see. And I like to call it, you know, learning to put your botanical eyes on because it's really easy to just see a greenscape and not be able to see all the different plants that are around us. But then also I've learned since being here that San Diego has one of the greatest concentrations of small farms in the continental United States because of our 12-year growing season. And I've taken it as one of my self Uh, given duties, recognizing how incredibly important these local farms are. You know, food doesn't come from a store. Even even your beautiful, you know, people love their green products here. And it's like greens are not powders. Go to your local farm, learn about the weeds. (laughs) There's so many, there's so much that you can do when you recognize. And we can be, we can be allies with farmers. And I've created this network of farms. Um, Not, I've, 
not that I've created the farms, I've created the network where um, where people recognize that there's all these farms. And when you participate in farms, like when I do Eat Your Weeds classes, I bring people to farms, I educate them about the weeds, and then we walk around and we help these organic farms pull their weeds. So it's a win-win-win relationship where the people get to learn about the weeds and take weeds home. And, of course, we make weedy pesto because it's delicious and the most nutritious thing. But then the farmers get the help because we're helping to reduce their weeds. And then most of the time the farmers also have like a farm stand. And so then the people are also going to be financially supporting the farm by buying some of the most nutritiously dense produce they can get because it was just picked that morning. It's such a wonderful win-win-win. It's a relationship that um, has only continued to grow. And the more farmers I meet, the more they're like, oh, yes, bring more people to my farm and do that. I would love help picking my weeds. So it's just like never-ending, wonderful thing. Exactly the way my CSA treats me. Like they have a small <laughs> pick, your, pick your own plot, and of course you're only you're not allowed to bring any people there. But I call and I say, would it be okay if I came with six apprentices and we picked weeds? Oh, yes, 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 <laughs> yes, please. But, you know what? Am I at the lamb's quarters? How many can you bring? Yep. Like, <laughs> yep. I've even had some of when I was doing plant walks at local conservation parks. I'll have like a a person come up and they'll stand to the bath for a little while and they'll listen to me. And then after a little while, and I'll be talking about the natives, but also the, the weeds and, and the invasives. And, and after a little while, they'll, they'll come up and introduce themselves as, hey, I, I volunteer here. And, and if you ever want to bring your students to help weed out the weeds, we would love to have you help us. And, and, and it's, it's just such a great uh, relationship to cultivate. It is, isn't it? Uh, such a delight. Such a delight. So um, talk to us a little bit about what you found about that, what happens nutritionally when you eat the weeds. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, it, it, it is rather remarkable, um, sometimes miraculous, where I have students who maybe take a class with me or just do the ear weeds, and then I'll see them later. And you can see they're more grounded in their bodies. They're more connected to the earth. Oftentimes their skin is clearer. Their eyes are clear. And they talk about how their brain buzz has lifted and how much energy they have and how surprised they are that it's not coming from the expensive products that they bought at the health food store, but just from eating food or eating weeds. And I love it because it's like, yeah, uh-huh, of course. Like, did you expect something different? <laughs> this is exactly what happens when you actually take care of your body and cultivate your relationship with the earth and actually get your nutrition from food that is nutritionally dense. It's amazing yes. the simple things that people don't realize because it's and, so convoluted in the world of nutrition. Nutritionally dense, yes. But I'm also recognizing that what our bodies are really looking for is nutritionally complex. Ah, nice. And I the, like it. And the wild food is really ideally suited to feed our need of complexity. Just to give you one example, we know 
that there's no calcium in plants. We talk about, oh, there's plants rich in calcium, and there's not really calcium in there. There's ionic forms of calcium in there. And there may be hundreds of different ionic forms of calcium. I'm told that one of the ways that the corn-growing people kept everyone healthy was that they grew a lot of different varieties of corn. Right. And that way, they provided the complexity that their bodies needed. Yeah. 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 So, though... When we say, well, nettle has a lot of calcium, it's not that really nettle has a lot of calcium. It's that nettle has a lot of different kinds of calcium. Right. And that complexity that is exactly what you're saying. That complexity shines up your hair, shines up your eyes, shines up your skin, shines up your attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like in the world, because I worked in health food stores and managing, you know, vitamin aisles, and, and I feel like the the world of whittling things down to just the word calcium or just the word magnesium or just, you know, whatever it is, it's like, okay, we're missing the point here. The point is not about the one. It's about a, a cacophony. It's a symphony of nutrition, and we can't just focus. We need all of it. The scientists would totally disagree with us. They think that the calcium is a calcium is a calcium and it doesn't matter what ionic form it is and, and ascorbic acid is an ascorbic acid and it doesn't matter that there's ninety nine other things that make up vitamin C. But we will let oh. them believe that and we will That's we will right. believe what we see from our right. in our own bodies and in the bodies of other people. Which it which is what made me start to question that science. It's like, gee, that's not what I see. I hear that's what they say, but it's just not what I see. I had this wonderful bumper sticker on my refrigerator here from Linda Conroy, which says, what if nourishment works? (laughs) As though though the what if is even needed. (laughs) As if the what if, (laughs) right? One of my favorite things to get to, I, I call it my gateway herb, is citrus peel. Because like I mentioned, I live in citrus groves. We, there's, there's citrus trees growing in parking lots. There's just, you know, like I was saying, the abundance is just insane around here. But I feel like citrus peel is some of the most wasted, both nutrition and medicine, because we just throw it away or we compost it. And, you know, and even that, it's, it's, that's fine. You can go ahead and compost it. But when you have trees, that's that's a lot. But ultimately, the peel it. has no. Orange peel doesn't break down. All that orange oil is antibacterial. Totally it won't break yeah. down in your compost pile. But I agree with you. As a matter of fact, I just yeah. got I'm looking at this big bowl full of oranges. I call it the hundred oranges bowl. I don't know. Maybe there's only forty in there. From my friend in Arizona, and I eat the oranges only so I can have the peel. <laughs> and I and I and I shred the peel really pretty finely, like oh, I don't know, maybe an eighth or a sixteenth of an inch, and let it dry. And I'm actually eating one of these little pieces of dried orange peel as we're talking. It's of course organic because it's from her place. And I totally agree with you. I think the orange peel is the best part of the orange. And I and I feel like it's a great way. Like I call it, it, I call it my. 
I call it my gateway bitter. I feel like it allows people who are not used to the bitter flavor because maybe they eat more, um, they eat more mainstream foods and, and I teach nutrition. So I, I get a lot of people who are, they know their diet isn't right, but they don't know where to start. And so simple things like getting them to try eating an orange peel and oftentimes it's shocking to them. Wait, you can eat that? It allows them to experience the bitterness, but also get that familiar zest, that familiar citrus flavor that they know they already like. And so that's why I like to call it my gateway because there's just so much. I mean, you can eat it, but then I just dried, like we have a tangerine tree and we juiced, we juiced the tangerines and then I take the, the peels and I do a variety of things. We infuse them into a variety of different, um, different, you know, solvents. I'll infuse them into alcohol and make a, and make a, a bitter and I'll infuse them into vinegar so I can clean my windows with it. Um, we infuse them in all different ways, but the tangerine peels have so little pith. I went and I dried them, and um, and and I, I put them in my food dehydrator because I have had them mold on me. So I dried them on low heat, and my entire garage just smelled amazingly good. Um, and now I have all of these wonderful tangerine peels to put into tea. Oh my goodness, it is so tasty, so delicious. Really good in cranberry sauce, too. Oh, yes. You know, I actually learned that from my mom growing up because I remember um, I remember having the whatever jiggly cranberry stuff from a can, and then, and then um, my mom being like, oh, no, no, this is how we make it. And she used actually a meat grinder, and she ground the fresh cranberries and whole oranges together. Wow. Oh, my gosh. A touch of that must have been incredible thing ever. It's so delicious. You would love it. Did she grind nuts with it? Sometimes people grind walnuts or pecans in with that. It's almost Not like your cranberry pesto. Recipe. Yeah. Oh, but uh, it's so good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, yum. So good. Um, yum. We yum. also tend to have a really good, because we're a Mediterranean climate, we have really good, we grow things like pomegranates and persimmons in the fall time. Oh, wow. Just amazing. It's just amazing. Most people that don't have fruit trees don't realize how much comes from them. I, I remember when I first moved here, I would look at somebody's fruit tree that had fruit underneath kind of, you know, either rotting or um, and think like, oh, it's so much waste. But then slowly I realized, okay, there isn't really waste because not only do all of the squirrels and rabbits and everything eat on things like that, um, or they break down and they and they feed the you know the earth or the tree. But I also I have a couple of citrus trees in my yard, and to try and keep up with the abundance is really difficult. It's so much. Not that I'm complaining it's at all so because I much. care a lot. <laughs> and that's part of the plant's plan, isn't it? Is to be right? abundant. Yes. Exactly. And, and there isn't any way to keep up with it. And every, everywhere I go, I see that, you know, the mangoes under the mango tree, the peaches under my peach tree. Although I'm in here, you know, cooking them and canning them as fast as I can, there's still lots of them on the ground. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So do you have a particular ally at this moment that you're working with? You know, 
the main ally that I have actually been working with over um, over the last couple of years. It's gotten really fine-tuned, and it's the Malvaceae family. Um, originally, it was marshmallow root, but then I have so much cheeseweed, so much Melva neglecta growing next to the nettles in my backyard um, that I find I can use that because down here, um, the dryness, um, the dryness really affects me a lot. And because I make a living teaching, so I talk a lot, I find that when I am drinking demulcent tea on a regular basis, it stops things like, um, like for instance, I was having a conversation with another herbalist who actually lives in the desert. And we get these things called Santa Ana's. It's a, it's a wind that comes from the desert. And when it happens, it inflames when people, you know, they'll have dry eyes and dry sinuses and I remember I would I would wake up with my tongue like stuck to the roof of my mouth because you're just so there's so little humidity in the air but I noticed that over the last couple of years because I drink the um the cheeseweed root on a regular basis continuously just on this it's just it's not it's not every single day but it's pretty close I didn't get so dry this year and my nose didn't dry out and my eyes didn't dry out. And I was talking to my friend about it and she was complaining about her sinuses and about her eyes and, and sinus headaches. And, and I mentioned how, you know, I, it hasn't affected me this year. And she said, well, what are you doing? And I said, you know, I think the main reason is because I just drink demulcent tea every day. I am making sure that I am constantly saturated, not just with demulcents, but also with mineral rich herbs that are helping me hold on to that water. And it goes into my mucosal membranes, and it makes it so that I stay hydrated more. Instead of just guzzling water, I'm, you know, drinking these mineral-rich and demulcent mucilage-rich teas, and it makes such a big difference. I'm so, so that's glad my, my real ally right hear you now. say that. I often nettles. say to people, if you wanted to moisturize your face, would you put water on it? And they look at me <laughs> and say, no. I say, well, then what makes you think that drinking water will moisturize your body? Uh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But it can't. It can't. But just as you say, the minerals then. And I love the way that you're that you're using the the cheese with them. I love Malva Neglecta because oh, she so just she, she is so gritty, you know. She's so shy in a way, but she's bold because she just crawls all over the place. But she never gets very big. And with those cute little pink flowers, which hide. But uh, I was really surprised in Colorado. Somebody said, let's dig the root of this. We're in this. It was a tiny little Malva neglecta, maybe like four or five inches across. I mean, really small. And we're in the high desert, and she, she dug, and that plant had a root that was over two feet deep. Wow. How interesting. It does. <laughs> she said, yeah, that because it's super. so dry here. The plants don't do very much above ground. They just put it all underground. And I, that's right. exactly what you're saying is that this is a plant that knows how to keep it together when it's dry. Yeah, yeah. I will say yeah. I have actually, I have a, a local farm uh, run by some past students of mine and and I'll do, you know, eat your weeds uh, workshops on there occasionally. And I have this, they have this one year where the Melva just completely took over this, you know, this little like 10 by 20 patch. And, and it grew like a hedge 
and I took this video. It's one I, I have this thing about watching plants dance in the wind. There's just something about it that's magical. And there's this yes. beautiful video of this Malva, and it's just dancing in the wind. Like, it's just so beautiful, and it's so abundant. And you can just go and pick a leaf, and it just, you know, you chew it up, and it just, like, turns into mucilage in your mouth. It's just so lovely. I've even actually used them. They've gotten so big, I've used them as, like, little wrappers to, like, you know, grab, you know, little, like, rice or quinoa and vegetables. You grab it and kind of wrap it up, almost like a little dorm. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, that's some rich soil. Yeah, that's well, well yeah, it was on a farm for sure. All yeah. the leaves are getting that big. Well, yeah, nice. Yes. Neglected yeah, because it usually grows in neglected areas, so it can be pretty small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is such a delight talking to you. And oh, I thank you. You too. want to make sure that everybody knows how to get in touch with you and how to connect with your school. So could you share that information with us? Oh, I'd be delighted to. Um, Sage Country Herbs is the website, sagecountryherbs.com, and the school is, we basically have a a hybrid program. So I've been doing a field apprenticeship um, for many years now. It's a six-month program where I take people out um, a couple of times a month, and we're out all day, and we explore the chaparral and the sage scrub and the desert and the riparian zones, um, and we really cultivate relationships with our ecology and and I just absolutely adore that. And so now we have incorporated that. We have a second-year field. And then to make it into a full, complete program that is comprehensive, we basically have five main classes. And um, if you're not in my area, you could still do all of the classes, and you would just get the lectures from the field, so you'd learn about the plants that grow here. But it's also the concepts are applicable anywhere, so we have, you know, things like foundational herbalism, foundational nutrition. I've been teaching about nutrition for many years. I love teaching people how their bodies actually work with nutrition. And then I get into clinic um, in the second year. And um, so we're really excited because we've really, I've been teaching all these classes for years, but we've really just launched the the official two-year program where we put them all together and made it really comprehensive so um, we are on things like Instagram and Facebook, but that's it. Um, we do have a YouTube channel that has lots of my plant walks on it. And those would be the primary ways to to reach out. Um, one other thing um, is I did a little plant walk with Mountain Rose Herbs last summer, so they've been putting out some of my, uh, some of my videos. So there's a, another link that I've been doing uh, quite a bit of lately. But the primary is sagecountryherbs.com. All right, that's wonderful. I had a, a student who last year who told me that um, she didn't really need a botany class because she'd already taken a botany class. And I said, well, let's just review it so that I know, you know, what you know and what you don't know. And we got to the part about, you know, male parts and female parts, the, the stamens and the pistols. And she said to me, what? Oh, my God. And I said, I said what do you mean, what? She said, well, the the person who taught me about me um, said that the, never said anything about male and female parts in the plants. What? Then what? 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 Because <laughs> they what, they're in this they're in this new think gender gender neutral thing, right? And uh, so yeah. they didn't want to to they 
she actually went back to the men and said, well, no, we, we didn't, didn't think it was appropriate to talk about male and female because those are just constructs. And I said, you know what? They're not constructs. They're actual things. And, like, if nature was confused about male and female, we'd all be dead high. <laughs> How interesting. How interesting. I deal a lot with the genome. You know, uh, plants now being identified by their genome instead of their field characteristics, and that's a yes. that's a frustrating one. I thought that's where you were going to go with that, not the gender. No, <laughs> no, it was about gender. So I'm like, please, this is plants. Get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I hope you had her take a bottle. Oh, that class. genomic research, has, you know, has really like totaled out my mushroom knowledge because I learned about mushrooms way back in the 70s. And so, so yeah. much of the taxonomy has changed because of our looking at the genomes of mushrooms. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And what we, absolutely. What we saw with our eyes was, like, so mistaken. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, I saw a great cartoon, and somebody said, well, I don't trust science because science is always changing its mind. And the other person says, oh, you've never changed your mind when you get new information? And the first one says, never. Oh. And that about that about sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, like that's problematic. That is problem. There are those of us who, like, yeah, are willing to change our minds when we get new information, and that's a wonderful thing that you are doing. So it's come to the point of the show where I say to you, what would you like to leave in the hearts and the minds of everyone who's been listening to you, Shana? Oh, I would like to leave that. Um, I think that. Um, it is way more important to, for people to have a deep relationship with a few herbs that grow around them, whether they're growing them or they go to farms or they're weeds, than to memorize 300 herbs and you don't know what any of them do unless you look it up in a book. Create relationships with plants. It really changes your life. Thank you for helping me and so many others to restore herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine thank you for helping me in my quest to keep herbal medicine local and green the work yeah, you're doing thank you. makes my heart beat with joy keep it up train as many people as you can let's spread the word green blessings oh, all right inside your back door <laughs> thank you Good night, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you.